0: clubhouse this is caroline with pod clubhouse's press pass we're here talking today with Cole, talking about san diego comic-con
1: day four everybody if you like this podcast please remember to rate review and subscribe to this podcast on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so that other people can find it
0: Well, let's talk day four at Comic-Con. This is an exhausting adventure at this point. Can you give us some tips and tricks of things that people can pack or the way they can dress or things they should bring with them that can maybe make them a little more comfortable?
1: Well, they don't check for things like food. So if you want to bring food or water with you, that's probably a good idea. I mean, the escalated cost of things inside the con is mind boggling how much it costs just to get like a a Powerade or whatever. It's, It's a lot. So definitely know your own eating needs and address those as well as you can.
0: If you're someone who has food allergies or anything like that, like would you did you find the con to be easy to navigate or is this something like you really want to bring your own stuff?
1: You really want to bring your own stuff. You won't find anything to eat there. Like anything. <laughs> so definitely bring your own stuff. And don't bring anything extra. Like bringing a backpack, that's all fine. There might be a bag check here or there, but they're really just checking for what you think they are, like weapons, that sort of stuff. They're not checking to see if you're bringing your, your medicine or your sippy cup or whatever. They don't care about that stuff. I like to bring a lot of gear so that I can be ready for interviews, pictures, whatever. But I found myself even paring down what I was bringing along just in case I didn't just in case I needed it. It turns out I didn't need it. Certain lenses or certain audio equipment I left back in my room after day two because it was like, I'm never using this stuff. You may find yourself thinking the same kinds of things. Wearing your best shoes with the most support is probably appropriate given how much walking there is to do if you have something you want to see in the hilton and then there's something you want to see say in the marriott that may sound like not a big deal but the entire convention center is between both hotels (laughs) so you you got to really hoof it over to one or the other if you want to make both things
0: So definitely put comfort over fashion. Definitely concern yourself with what's going to keep you fed, happy, because this is a wearing convention after several days. And you want to make sure that you're feeling your best so that you can see all the awesome stuff.
1: Or if fashion is a priority, then try to work some comfort into it without being, uh, without ruining your look.
0: (laughs) I like that. That works. So Paul, talk to us about Hall H on day four.
1: Hall H on day four is much easier to get into. I only needed to line up about an hour ahead of time. And when I got in there, there were maybe some, like, part-time librarian types working the security in the press area. Librarians? Yes. Well, they were of, shall we say, an advanced age for the Comic-Con crowd. And when I tried to get into the press area without a ticket, they told me to buzz off. So I had a seat well back, but this was just like only with an hour's worth of waiting time. If I'd gotten there earlier, then maybe I would have gotten a better spot in the auditorium, but whatever. I was able to see the entire Mayans panel from start to finish. They had, as far as I'm aware, the entire cast and the showrunner. And they, they played a long clip and they uh, told us that they were making public that they had been greenlit for season five. So if you're a Mayans fan, you can look forward to another season of Motorcycle Mayhem.
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: The real reason I was in that hall, though, was that the first appearance of what we do in the shadows for Hall H was going to be the next panel after the Mayans. So I, again, tried to finagle my way into the press area, but I steered clear of the librarian types and I found a guy that looked about 17 to see if I could maybe convince him that I was in the right place because they will come by and check your badge and to make sure that you have a ticket to be in there.
0: What does that mean? So if you have a press badge, that's not enough?
1: Not always enough. No. For instance, after the Orville panel on Friday, they were going around and confirming people's press area tickets in the press panel for the public panel. Follow me. Okay. And when I saw the PR person doing that, I said, if you have any no shows, I'd like one of those tickets. She said, okay. After about 20 minutes, she came back and she said, are you still interested in one of the tickets? I said, yes. And then I got a ticket and then I, I got to go right into the press area. And then they said, where's your ticket? I said, here's my ticket. It's right here. And there I was.
0: Well, that's very tricky. I had no idea. I kind of assumed that your press badge would just let you waltz in anywhere.
1: You might. You might just think that, but no. They have a separate ticketing system for that. However, I rolled the dice for what we do in the shadows, and it was starting to look pretty grim because... I had left my spot kind of midway through the auditorium trying to move myself up, right? And so I had gotten turned away the first attempt and I go back and check my seat and it's, it's filled up. And I see like everything's filling up, right? Oh, boy. And so I'm, I go to another person and I say, can I sit in the press area? And they, this person said, you know what? It's not busy yet and if it does get busy i'll have to come and tell you to leave but in the meantime just kind of keep your head down and i won't tell you to leave
0: okay i like i like that convention person
1: me too yeah she's my favorite because what we do in the shadows started with a screening of this past week's episode called the night market which was like their biggest most expensive episode they've ever done in the history of the show, because uh, you watched it the other night, so you saw like there was a lot of stunts, a lot of gra- you know visual Tons effects, of extras, yeah, and, you know, puppets, yeah, um, all kinds of stuff. So they had marked off a small area of the press seating that even the press couldn't sit in. What that was for was they were going to seat the panel in the audience so they could watch the episode.
0: Well, that's always fun.
1: But they didn't tell anybody that.
0: Oh, sneaky.
1: Yeah, the lights go down, and then I notice behind me that people are moving into the seats that they've been chasing people out of, right? So I look behind me, and guess who's behind me? Your mom. No, your mom. No. (laughs) No, it was the cast of What We Do in the Shadows, and seated directly behind me was Harvey Guillen, who plays Guillermo.
0: Oh, my God. Did you pee your pants a little?
1: A little bit. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to try something. So I, I turned around and I stuck up my, my left fist just over my shoulder and he saw it and then he bumped it and he said, thanks for coming out.
0: Oh,
1: I know. Right.
0: That's adorable.
1: Yeah. So that was a very cool panel. They also had to do some Zoom with that. Um, The actors that played Nandor and Nadja were not in attendance, but they were available on the video camera, video screen thing, and they were answering questions and playing along with the hijinks. I really wanted to see that panel because I'm a big fan of uh, Matt Berry, who who plays Laszlo. He's in several British shows that I enjoy, and uh, I think he's hilarious. But he's also one of those comedic actors that probably isn't really meant for, like, live performance, you know? Like, there's a difference between someone that's great on camera versus someone that really doesn't like crowds. And
0: okay, so he's truly an actor, like, he is great when he's in his role, but. But that's where he leaves it at the door.
1: I think so. I think so. He was he was mostly straight faced through it. If you look through my pictures uh, available on Instagram, you'll see like I didn't really catch any huge grins from Matt because he didn't get, he didn't give us any. Uh, at one point, someone in the audience asked, "What were the favorite uh, TV or movie vampires that?" the cast of the show enjoyed and uh harvey of course said antonio banderas from interview with a vampire and several other people said blade and uh that's funny. and when matt barry said when he got to his turn he said well i don't really watch vampire shows except i have seen the movie that this is based on and i've seen this show so anyone that's not me in either one of those things Okay. <laughs> but, but then after a minute, he goes, Elon Musk.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> He's a bit of a minx, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a great panel, though.
0: Well, did they give any spoilers? Anything coming up? I mean, obviously, the screening was early, so that was nice.
1: It was nice, yeah. They mostly talked about this season and the stuff that's happening this season. If you follow the show, you know that Nadia's opened up a nightclub and so that has turned into the main thrust of this season. Also, there is the Colin Robinson clone energy vampire that is the body of a child, but with Colin Robinson's face kind of grafted onto it. So they talked it about so that. so weird. <laughs> they, they had the guy, a visual effects person or an editor. Or, I'm not sure what his role is, but they had a, a person knowledgeable of the effect on stage with them. And he said they borrowed the effect from an old Wayans movie, like called Baby Man or something. I forget exactly, but it was, okay. yeah, it's, it's a really, it's an older technology, like a 20 year old movie, but it was more convincing, they thought, than using more modern deep fake or, um, you know, other, other kinds of more computer based technologies so it's real enough that it looks overly creepy you know I was
0: gonna say it it achieves the effect of being unsettling and disturbing looking and so to that end yeah it totally works I mean I don't think that you look at it and say oh that's natural but that's also (laughs) kind of the point right yeah so for people who have never seen what we do in the shadows how would you describe it to them because it's pretty unique in in what it's trying to do
1: It is a house of vampires that are just having to coexist in the same house. It's not like they have any great affection for one another, but it's kind of dangerous for vampires to exist all by themselves. So there is some small sense of safety living with each other. So the framework of the show is that a documentary team is following them around. And so a lot of the show is shot with those sort of interview-style asides and then uh, documentary-style filming of the events of each episode. But there could be very mundane things that they're doing, or they could be very vampire-y things that they're doing. And then there's also Guillermo, the familiar of the leader of the house, Nandor, um, who is the human helper who has to do things like keep the house functioning during the daylight hours, clean up after the vampires, bury the dead bodies, et cetera, et cetera.
0: What would you say the tone is of the show? Because, I mean, it is comedy, but on, but it's also, like you, meant, you mentioned, like British comedy. There's also this sort of just, like, kind of dryness to it that's, like, so it's, it's highly not absurd. slapsticky, you know, per se. no. But I mean, like you said, it is absurd. Like, I don't, how would you describe it?
1: It's based on a movie that Jemaine Clement and Taika Watiti did a couple years ago by the same name. What We Do in the Shadows, very low budget film. They were both in the movie version. And so, if you've watched any of Taika's movies or Jemaine's movies or Flight of the Concords, for instance, you'll get a get kind of a feeling for the tone of the way that they're going to deliver their jokes and what they think is funny. Absurdity and mundanity, I think is, is the tone.
0: So are you looking forward to this next season?
1: I had not kept up on the episodes this season. So then I watched a bunch of them to catch up and I mean um then all of a sudden I was sad that I hadn't been watching them because they, they were very funny and so yeah i'm I'm very excited to see this show keep going
0: so if we were at the video store this would be on pulse picks.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched the movie, and the movie is pretty much like the show, you know, just someone having to explain into the camera, the documentary camera, these things that are not really quite human concerns, you know, the needing to hunt for human prey or whatever, but explaining it in a way that a human would explain, like, needing to go to the grocery store that day or that you have a lousy roommate that doesn't clean up after themselves or whatever, but... In the context of a vampire.
0: Very day in the life. <laughs> very much. Yeah. That's funny. So, well, wrapping up here, give me like an overview of what you thought of this year's San Diego Comic Con, things that went well, things you'd like to compliment, things that you hope will go differently in the future.
1: Overall, I would say it was a very impressive return for the con. We have attended a couple of other Joe's Comic Cons, if you will, in the meantime, especially where around where we live in Texas. And the approach that they took with the requirement to verify everyone's health standards and all that, depending on where you live, there could be a very bleak picture painted for you about the likelihood that anyone would ever follow those directions. And in this case, everybody did. And so it was uh, heartening to an extent to see that, that when people want to see something that's very unique, bad enough, they will follow directions.
0: One thing that's super nice is that you have been back a week now and so far so good. Knock on wood you're healthy. And so that has been nice because you and I have gone to other events. And unfortunately, that has not been the case. We've come back with different illnesses. And so it's nice to say, yeah, all their precautions really worked.
1: I think they did. The way that the con treats lines and line management is, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil. Nobody likes to wait in lines, but they have venues that they need to fill with hundreds and in in some cases thousands of people. So, and they've been doing this a long time, so they know what to do. But making that knowledge Available to new people is not something they worry about. That's sort of like up to the new person to figure out.
0: Well, and that's what's helpful about a podcast like this is that like we can give you some like, you know, general ideas of what to expect. And especially like how you said, like, you didn't wait that long. It was only an hour. I mean, I was kind of smiling to myself when you said that because I feel like some convention goers are gonna be like, Only an hour? Like, that's a really long time. So For those people who are like, you know, all right, Paul, so where would we get information about, like, what to expect about lines? What is, like, a fair general statement about, like, what should they expect?
1: Well, you can find plenty of Facebook groups about San Diego Comic-Con with people going there for all different levels of familiarity with the con. So there's people brand new, people that have been there a million times, and there's a pretty reasonable level of patience with people asking and answering questions that I've seen. Nothing overly um, aggressive or or mean-spirited about people answering new questions uh, that have probably already been answered in the past.
0: For you, though, I mean, like, would you say if you're going to show up, you need to bring some stuff in your backpack that's going to keep you busy, make sure your phone's charged or bring like a charging brick or whatever, because you need to anticipate waiting in line. That's just part of it. You got to pack your patience because you are not going to be able to just like jump in. There's a lot of hurry up and wait that goes on with these things. And so if you go in knowing that, like I was saying, those people who are going to sit in line for two days, they were perfectly content because they brought the things that make them comfortable. They brought food. They brought nice things to sit on. They weren't like waiting, looking at their clock because they knew we're going to be here for forever. That's
1: a good point. You know, and- you'll, you'll see people whose backpacks are outfitted for something that looks more appropriate to like hiking or camping because they have like a camp chair or something folded up and situated in their backpack. But that's because they know what's coming my phone is iphone 12 pro max so it's got a big battery in it that normally is just fine for running like all day all night but i found when i was needing to use it for interviews and constantly being on that my battery was draining quickly yeah and so i also had brought two power bricks with me to keep my power levels high but i would have i would have gone to nothing without those. So that's a good point, Caroline, to bring your extra power with you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, like I said, just anticipate your waiting in line. And then, you know, if it goes a little bit faster, then what a surprise! What a what a great extra, unexpected. But anticipate waiting in a lot of lines. And one thing that can be a little bit difficult with these things is that there are so many panels you want to see. You can get this kind of mindset of like, well, I'll just watch like half of this one and then run over here and then go over here. I know when you were sitting doing your planning, it was like, shoot, there was like four different things I want to see that are running at the same time it's not reasonable you are going to have to pick and choose and then do your best to kind of come back to things like this podcast or you know make friends with people in line and get information from them later about like well what did you see or whatever because you're just not going to be able to catch it all
1: and then the off-site activations are a whole other ball game that you'll need to talk to somebody more knowledgeable about those for instance apple tv brought severance they're Popular awesome. TV show Severance, where you could take the role of a severed employee at Lumen Technologies. Right. However, in order to get your spot in line every day, you needed to get up at 6 a.m. and use an app to try to get a spot. Remember when we went to Disneyland? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot like that. Um, so if you didn't, you just weren't going that day. Yeah. Or if you wanted to go to the D and D Tavern. You needed to reserve a spot there or just wait all day in the standby line for. It was essentially a timed event once you got in there.
0: I'm glad you brought up Disney again, because this is the same type of thinking where like some people spend literally a year planning their, you know, four day Disney trip and other people just show up and say, whatever rides I ride, I'm cool. Whatever things I do, wherever places I eat, I'm going to be totally happy with. I'm real easy going. And other people are like, I absolutely want to eat at six o'clock at this restaurant. And in that case, you got to do a lot of planning and you got to be willing to kind of give and take like well then I have to give up going to this other thing because it's just going to take up too much time so that's another good point like this is the type of thing where there's so many exciting things you kind of have to set your expectations and say what level am I trying to get here you know am I just trying to hit like my top three or four things for the day and then be satisfied with anything extra it's just gravy after that
1: My gravy after that last panel was getting to go wander around the exhibition hall without anything else pressing on my time
0: which that's I mean there's something to be said for that right if you just want to give yourself half a day or a morning or an evening time when you just get to wander because you really never know what's going to happen at different cons right like you were talking about ATX how you know Craig Robinson just like went out and started playing the piano and had like an impromptu sing along like things happen just because people have a lot of energy and there's just things going on that you want to give yourself a little wiggle room not be so scheduled that you're like I can't stay here and watch this amazing thing I'm supposed to be in a line, you know? like That's
1: true. If you wanted to see the cool stuff in the exhibition floor, those were lines too. So if you wanted to do like the experience at say the Netflix booth or like a gray man thing or because they have those those little experiences in the booths also. And yeah. there's not just to sell things, they're also to have the little mini experiences. But those are also lines that you got to deal with. I had talked to one of the other reporters and she said something like she got a number from the Netflix booth in the morning and her number was something like a hundred and eighth. If you think, well, that's that's all day. So a hundred, you should be able to crank through a hundred people in that day. She said when I met her in the at a panel at like five o'clock or something like that, she had checked it and she was down to sixty.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) So again, you guys, I mean, you know, just come with your expectations set properly, where you know, there's a thousand different things going on, but that's just kind of to spread the people out, you know? It Mm -hmm. does not mean you get to do a thousand things. It means you get to pick top three or four, really, you know, care about those things. And then after that, you gotta just be a little bit flexible and be cool about it. And that's really the best way to have a good time. Cause like you said, you met that girl, there's other people that you meet in line. One of our favorite things to do at ATX. television festival is to talk to people online, find out what they're watching, you know, just kind of like gauge what people are into these days. And I think that there's so many great conversations to be had about pop culture and what's coming out and what people are watching just by hanging out with those people in line. Like, that's an activity unto itself.
1: Uh, I don't know the next time I'll be back, but um, I'm sure glad I went this time.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. And if you guys want to go check out the other days that Paul was at San Diego Comic-Con, please check it out at Pod Clubhouse. Also, if you want to hear about WonderCon 2022, or if you want to hear about the Bentonville Film Festival, if you want to hear more about ATX 2022, we have all of those different things in our lineup. So please go check, check it out and see what you guys want to do for your own self next year. You can put it on your to-do list. This is Caroline. And this is Paul. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production.